Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. We bless you this morning, God. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't know about you guys, but I spent a large portion of my life um, up and through my mid-20s doing everything I could to run away from God's call on my life. And so when I hear this song, it it just blesses me because I'm grateful that God, while I was running away from Him, I'm grateful that He didn't give up on me. And, and he, just, he just waited. And that's exactly, that's exactly what He does. I remember I was in my maybe mid-30s and I started the ministry. I, I was a youth pastor and I would go to these conferences and I would see these young kids that were 21, 22 years old that were youth pastors. And, uh, and I thought to myself, oh my gosh, I got a late start in the game. But how many of you know that God's timing is always the right timing? Amen. Amen. There's no late, there's no early, there's God's time. And I just want you to know that the best thing that you and I can do is run towards Jesus. Amen. Fully, all, all out sprint. Just say, God, Here I am. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Amen? Come on, let's give the Lord another hand clap. Appreciate the Lord this morning. I want to welcome you. I want to welcome our online church. Thank you for being so faithful and being here. Come on, the house is filling up a little bit more and more every week. We're waiting for you. When you feel comfortable coming, we would love to have you. We're taking all the measures uh, to make sure that we create a safe space for everybody. But I want you to know this, that the church is where we do two things. It's where we meet with other people that belong to the Lord, and it's where we meet with God. Amen? And so right now, you can, you know, you can meet in the, in the convenience of your own home, but we are longing for the, the time when we're all back together. But you're having church just in your living room like we're having it here today. It's just we think ours is better because we get to be around so many people. But anyway, uh, I want you to know that we love you all. We welcome you. You may be seated. Guys, we're starting a new series today called A New Day. And um, this is what I can tell you is those people that were a part of that feeding of the 5,000, those people that were part of that, their day was, their life was never the same after that, that one experience. Could you imagine? You know, you're just following Jesus, maybe looking for a miracle, and then all the sudden he just begins to divide and 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 hand out and divide and hand out it was a a a miraculous thing that took place and i'm just telling you this that their their lives were never the same after that And, and i want you to know that that's the god that we serve god does new things all the time with the idea that our lives are not going to be the same it is good that you are here anytime we start a new series it's good that you're here on the beginning of the series. And so I encourage you, if this is your first time here, please just give us two more weeks before you, you know, check out or go someplace else. We want you to stick around for a little bit because I really believe that this series is going to minister to you. Amen? So there's a question that continues to come up, and this question is this. It's either a statement or it's a question. The question sounds like this. When are things going to return to normal? Or... It's in the form of a statement. The statement is this. I can't wait until things return to normal. 
right? Have you heard that in your conversations? People are talking about that. Man, I just can't wait until things get back to normal. And I pose to you today that it's very possible that things will never return to normal as normal was. And I'm challenging you in this as well, that, that maybe that's not such a bad thing. Like maybe there's some really good things that are going to come because of the changes that we're going through. One of the bad things that I could foresee taking place, and, and I don't like this at all because I'm a hugger and I'm a handshaker, um, I, I could see how something like this could shift, you know, going forward. Maybe 50 years from now, they're in a history class or a, a social studies class, and, and they're saying, yeah, you know, back in the day, like 50 years ago, they used to, like, when they would greet one another, they would actually touch each other and shake hands with, with one another. And, and, uh, and I hope that we don't get away from that, but I can just tell you this, that the younger people, and we need to teach them, the younger people, that's just not as important as it is to my generation and certainly people that are older. But how many of you know that a good handshake is still very important? Amen? There used to be a day where there wasn't all these contracts and all these things. If you shook on it, come on, then, then, then your word was good. And uh, unfortunately, we've gotten away from that. But people need to learn how to shake hands. And I can't wait till we get to hug one another and shake hands and do all that fun stuff again. And so I, I'm telling you this, that, 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 that though we may not return to how things used to be, I want you to be encouraged in this and know that there is a great opportunity for growth and improvement. Like change, it's not easy, right? People resist change. There are some people that absolutely, they're like, listen, it's not broken. Let's just continue to do things the same that we've always done. And some people resist change. But I'm telling you this, that sometimes the answers to the problems, come on, that you have that, 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 that you've been dealing with and struggling with for years, the answer to those very problems is you changing the way that you do certain things. That's a great place to say amen. I'm telling you what, some of you and some of you know, the issues that I've dealt with in the past, come on, we have been stuck because we've refused to change. We've refused to do something different. And sometimes being forced to do so will help and bring some freedom and, and some release in the areas that, that just have plagued our lives. And once again, that's a great place to say amen. amen. Uh, I will coach you through this as much as I, I need to this morning. I want you to turn your Bible to the book of Matthew chapter 18, or actually chapter 11. We're going to start in verse 28. This is out of the message. It says this, are you tired? Are you worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I will show you how to take a real rest, walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I love that right there. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I love rhythm. I am I am a uh, uh, I think that rhythm has more to do with life than what it is that we you know give it credit for. When my, when my kid, when my grandson, and, and also my children, but when, my, when I was able to hold my grandson from day one, I was clapping his hands on rhythm because he's going to be a tall kid, and tall and no rhythm don't go good together. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Like his dad is like six, pushing six, six, and I'm like, this kid's got to get rhythm from day one. Everything I do I'm, I'm, it's all about rhythm. When I think of rhythm, I think of the ocean. You know, you go to the ocean and a wave comes crashing in and you can bet that another wave is going to come in right behind it. And if, and you can time it like God has great timing. He is on time all the time. His timing is perfect, right? 
And so, so I love this. It says, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. See, what I think of is grace is, is constant. It comes in, and you better know that another wave of grace is coming in. Why? Because you need it. Come on, grace isn't a one-and-done deal. And so we need to learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And Jesus is the one that is teaching us those things. He says, I will not lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. So if you've got a heaviness or, or you're just stressed out, I'm telling you what, Jesus isn't laying it upon you. In fact, he's doing quite the opposite. Come on, he is lifting things off of you. He's saying, cast your burdens and your cares on me. He says, keep company with me. The idea here is keep company with him, and then you'll get the benefit. The benefit is this, and you will learn to live freely and lightly. And I'm telling you this, that we are learning this today. We might be forcefully learning this today, but the Lord is teaching us how to live freely and how to live lightly. Come on, we got a virus problem. We got an issue. Some people will say, oh, it's just a bunch of malarkey and there's no issue. Other people are like, man, it's killing everybody. And, and so you've got both, both sides. It's a real deal. It's, it's a problem. It, it's an issue. Um, people are dying. My heart breaks for people that have lost their, their lives because of COVID-19. Um, my heart breaks for people that are so stricken by fear because of the media that when they get diagnosed with COVID-19, they think that they're just going to, you know what I mean, that the, their, their, their life is coming to, you know, coming to an end. My heart breaks for, for the whole issue. I, I don't like it. My heart breaks for the 20 million people that have lost their jobs during this time. It's been devastating on the economy. And, and, and those 20 million, you know what, it's not like the military where if you've got one guy serving overseas, then the other guy won't get sent overseas or, or may not, another brother may not be able to join. Like, listen, this 20 million people, some families have both been affected with the husband and wife losing their job at the same. My heart breaks because of those things. But I'm telling you this, that it's also a great time for the church to be the church. I'm telling you what, we've got the ability and the opportunity to be positioned like you have been positioned intentionally for such a time as this. God knew that 2020 was coming and the issues that we're facing today were, were coming. He wasn't caught off guard by any of it. And he chose you. He chose you out of all people that have ever lived or will ever live. He chose you to be the church for the day. And so listen, what an incredible opportunity for us to bring hope into the future. Come on, for us to be strength in the future. Come on, for us to have a word of encouragement for the day and for, for the future. Listen, God's not caught off guard by anything and he has positioned you. There are people also that are paying attention to how it is that you live. They're asking questions without even asking the question. They're like, listen, everybody's stressed out, but they know you, Randy, are a Christian. And so they're watching Randy and they're saying, listen, how is he approaching this? And, and, and they're looking and they're saying, wow, this guy's got something that I don't have, right? Bill, they're looking at you and they're, and they're, and, and they're, they're asking the question, with the, but they're observing. Come on, people that have never wanted anything to do with God, never opened their Bible, never hit their knees on the floor and began to pray. They're reading their Bible and they're praying today and they're saying things like this, could this be the end times? There's an awareness 
that is, that is, you know, people are sensitive to what's going on, and it's a great time to be the church. Now you just need to be the church. You need to be who God has called you to be. Don't be somebody that he hasn't called you to be, because that's not going to benefit anybody. But when you move in your lane, when you begin to do what God's called you to do, stop watching what everybody else is doing. Boy, I just really like how that person moves and does these things. Or you hear something, and you're like, man, I'm going to do that same thing, and it's flaky, and it's all, it's, it's funky, and it's just not real. Listen, quit trying to be something that you're not and be you because when you be you, you're not going to have to force doors open. Doors are going to open automatically. You're not going to have to push your way into some place that you want to be. You're not going to be looking like, man, I'm just not honored for the person that I am or I'm not this. Listen, it's probably because you're not moving in what it is that God's called you to move in. When you be you, all those things are going to open and it's going to be natural. You got to hear what I'm saying this morning. The church doesn't need fakeness. The church needs reality. The church has had a ton of fakeness in the past, and it's gotten us really not very far. Boy, that's new. Wow. Okay. Didn't say any of that in first service. All right. So, Great time to be the church. There's this virus that we're dealing with, but I'm telling you what, there's another virus that's been at play and has been plaguing us for my whole life. And this is the virus of my generation. This is the virus of hurry, worry, and way too busy. This is the virus of hurry, worry, and way too busy. And I'm just telling you, this is the normal that we've come out of. We've come out of the, the, uh, dealing with the virus of hurry, worry, and way too busy. And guess what? There has been no light at the end of the tunnel as to, as to having a hope that this is going to change. In fact, what we've done is we've got creative and we're like, listen, you, you know what your problem is? Your problem is, is that you just need to go do a time management class so that you can force more things into your day as if you're not busy enough. And I'm just telling you this, that I believe that God is saying, listen, though he didn't create this virus, he didn't release this virus for you to deal with, I'm telling you this, my Bible says that what the enemy uses to destroy you, God will use for good. And God's like, listen, what a great opportunity for people to get back to the things that are important, like their families, like raising their children, like enjoying meals together, like working together instead of two ships passing in a night, the husband doing two jobs, the wife doing two jobs, so that they can so that they can have a lifestyle that is unimportant and is not going to benefit you one bit. And oh, by the way, your, killed, your, your children are getting messed up on drugs and, and they're hopeless and they're, and they're sad and they're burdened and they're committing suicide because we're not paying attention to... Th- I believe that this is what the Lord is saying. He's saying, listen, I'm going to use this thing to slow down people just a little bit, to slow the roll. Come on, so that we can get back to the important things, which is family. Get back to the things that are important. Listen, the church can't even be the church because we're too dang busy to have somebody over for a barbecue. Oh man, I would love to get to, you know what, call me sometime. And that call never comes because, not because the, the heart's not there, not because the desire's not there. We just don't have enough time. Well, let me look at my calendar. Nope, can't do Wednesday. Nope, can't do Thursday. Nope, can't do Friday. Well, let's take a look at September. Wait a second. It's only May. Yeah, September's our best bet. I'm telling you what, we have been plagued with an issue for a long 
time with no hope at the end of the tunnel, and I feel like God is doing something new. Come on today in and through this time. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23 says, May the God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. These are the three things that we're going to look at in this New Day series. What is God wanting to do? We're going to talk about this today. What's, what's the new thing that God is wanting to do in your spirit? Next week, what's the new thing that God's wanting to do in your soul? And what is the new thing on the third week that God wants to do in your body? See, that's going to be all fun, but if we don't get the spirit right, then all the others, they don't matter at all. And so we've got to get the spirit right. Amen? So God is wanting to do something in my life new spiritually. You know, my upbringing when I was, when I, when I, when I thought about church or, or when I look back at my, my uh, childhood, you know, going to church, the first thing that I loved about church was that's where I got to hang out with all my friends. And, um, and I had some really good friends. And uh, the second thing that I thought of whenever I look back at my upbringing in church, the second thing, and it was a close second, was all of the rules and the regulations that you had to follow. And there was a bunch of them. I come out of a, of a church that, uh, and I, I, please hear me, I appreciate my upbringing, but I come out of a church that it wasn't anything about what you could do, it was everything about what you couldn't do. And, um, and in fact, I was just talking to a brother that came out of the same uh, 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 belief system, the same uh, organization that I did. I was talking to him just this last week, and he was telling me about hiking, and he said, man, there's a bunch of trails um, at Durkee's Lake. You can just walk for miles and miles and miles. There's trails out there. And I said, Durkee's Lake? Man, it connected with my with my childhood, because myself and my friends, which the pastor's son was one of them, we used to ride our bikes all around Twin Falls, and, and we oftentimes found ourselves at Durkee's Lake, and we would go back to the back where you could jump the cliffs. They had these huge cliffs that you could just jump. We spent so much time there, and I'm like, man, I've got so, I'm telling this guy, I've got so many memories of swimming jumping cliffs as a kid. In fact, in my 40s, I took my kids to Durkee's Lake to jump cliffs so that they could enjoy the same, you know, the same thing, you know, that I enjoy. But, but I'm sharing this with, this with this guy, and he says, he said, how did you do, how did you do that? I said, what do, you, what do you mean, how did I do that? I rode my bicycle down there and climbed a cliff and jumped. He said, no. He's like, how, how did you do that? I said, what do you mean? He said, well, there were girls there right? There were like girls swimming there too, right? And I said, yeah. He said, that's worse than like premarital sex, swimming with an opposite person of a, of a different, you know what I mean? And he's like, how did you do that? And I just said, man, I guess I've never just been good at following rules. But, but this, this is, this, it was so heavy, so don't do this, and don't do that, and don't do this. And I'm just saying this, that I have struggled with ever seeing God, the God that I serve, as being a God of a bunch of rules of do's and don'ts. I see the Lord as somebody that absolutely just loves me, even though I went swimming in the same hole the girls were swimming in. Even though I, I mess up on a regular basis, what I see of the God that I serve is a God that's not judging me. He's not, I'm not feeling like this week I'm going to heaven, but next week 
man, if the Lord comes, I'm definitely going to hell. And this is exactly the, the, the upbringing that I had. You never knew. And guess what? When you're, when you're raised in a religious system like that, what it causes people to do is not be unique and not be themselves and not be truthful. That's what happens. I remember going over to you know, we'd go over to somebody's house, and it was an elder in the church, and we, we took our TVs and threw them outside, and we didn't have TV. And, and, but, but you would go over, and the, the kid of the elder that you were at his house, you know, you'd be looking for something, open up a, 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 a closet door, and there, my goodness, was a TV hidden. And so the appearance is this. Oh yeah, we're, we're, we're so righteous, we don't have a TV, and they call it a monitor. It's not a television, it's a monitor. And so I'm just telling you this, that if you have been raised in a religious system, or you're coming out of a religious system, and you're thinking, man, there's no life, there's no love, there's no... And you're asking these questions, is there more? I'm telling you there's more. There is more than that. There is absolutely more. Mark chapter 5 is where we're going to be looking at today. Please look at, at the screen behind me or turn your Bibles there. So Jesus is with his disciples, and, and Jesus and his disciples are the, are the they in the stories. It says this, so they arrived, they arrived, Jesus and his disciples arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the Gerasenes. So this is huge. One thing that you need to know is you need to know that Jesus left Jewish culture and Jewish people to cross over and he entered into Gentile territory. The Jews and the Gentiles didn't really have a great relationship at this time. And, um, and, and so you've also heard me speak about in the miracle series, it was the same crossing over Whenever the storm came up, Jesus is asleep in the back of his boat. The disciples think that they're going to die, and they're, they're frantic, and they wake Jesus up, and Jesus gets up, and he says, peace be still, and he silences the storm. Like the wind stops blowing, and the waves start, stop crashing, and they say this. They say, what kind of man is this that he has power and authority over the storm. And so that's one area that he shows his power. But this story that we're in today, it shows us his power. He uses his power in a personal way. Somebody say personal. You got to get this in your spirit. Somebody say personal. Person. He uses the power not just to display his power, but he uses his power in a personal way. It says, when Jesus climbed out of the boat, so they arrived to the other side. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit, came out from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in, in the burial caves and, and uh, could no longer be restrained even with the chain. Listen, this man was such a menace and he was, he was so demon-possessed. He was possessed by a demon by the name of Legion, which means we are many. So he didn't have just one demon. He had thousands, potentially thousands of demons. And, and, and he's such a menace to society that they kicked him out of the city and he is living in the burial tombs. And he's such a problem that they continue to chain him, his hands and his feet and around his neck, and he continues to break the chains. The Bible says whenever he was put into chains and shackles, 
as he often was. So it wasn't he was chained once. He was chained time after time after time after time. As he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrist and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night, he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. So listen, I'm going to pose to you that this is a picture of you and I without the Lord. You're like, listen, I ain't demon-possessed. Without the Lord, come on, you dealt with some demons. Matter of fact, you may even struggle with your flesh just a little bit, but I'm just saying this, that I pose to you that this is a picture, this story is a picture of you and I, come on, without the Lord. A, number one, he was isolated. And I'm just telling you this, that this man was kicked out of community. Come on, he lived among the dead. He was isolated. He was all alone. And I don't know what it's like with you, but whenever I was in the world, come on, I could have been surrounded by people. I had all kinds of friends when I had money in my pocket and beer to drink. But I'm telling you, at the moment, even though I was surrounded by all these people, I didn't have anybody close to me. I was surrounded, but yet I was alone. And if you can relate to that at some point in your past, just go ahead and say amen. There's a ton of people around you, but you, you feel completely isolated and alone. That's okay if you don't want to be honest with yourself. I'll just be the one that is vulnerable and honest up here. And you guys can all wrestle with it when you eat lunch later on today. Uh, since nobody said amen, I guarantee you there's more than myself that you have been surrounded by family, you've been surrounded by people in your past, you've got people in the workplace that think you're the best thing since sliced bread, but you don't feel any valuable, you don't feel like nobody really knows you, you feel completely isolated. Come on, if this wasn't the case, we wouldn't have people taking their life in the numbers that we see people taking their life. You know, nobody really knows me. Nobody really understands. I don't have any value. This is a problem, and the sooner that we can be honest about the problem, the better we're going to be, okay? So he's kicked out of town. Probably at nights, he was looking over the city all alone, and he was probably saying things like this, how did I get here? You know, he probably maybe had a business at one point. Maybe he had a family at one point, but, but, but man, he just started losing his mind. These demons, they, they just kept multiplying inside of him. He was bound and shackled and he lost all of that and he probably when he was in his right mind you see when you're demon possessed it doesn't mean that the demon's always in control come on you struggle with being in your right mind at moments and then and then not at other moments and so he's probably looking back on his life how did I get here and I don't know about you I'll be honest with myself and with you there have been times where I found myself in places that I should not have been and I and I asked the question how in the world did I get here? Come on, this is a picture of who we are without the Lord. So number one, he was isolated. Number two, he was in prison. He had been shackled. Somebody say shackled. And shackled again. Man, when I read this this morning again, something just came to me. It, it was my addictions, my issues. I had more than one addiction. But I would, I would, I would, I would in my own power try to overcome some of the things. I remember telling Tina, I promise you, I just won't drink tonight or I'll have two beers or this or that. That I failed every single time. I remember taking cartons of cigarettes and just crumpling them up and throwing them into the trash uh, only to walk in victory maybe for only a couple of hours. Then I'm digging back through the trash trying to find a cigarette that's long enough for me to light up and smoke. Come on, being shackled 
released and shackled and released and shackled and released. It's a perfect picture of somebody that struggles with addiction. doesn't matter what the addiction is. It's a perfect picture of that. Romans 6 says this, that we're in bondage to sin. Guess what? That's not the end of the story. Come on, he brings the solution, but we are in bondage to sin. We do things that we ought not to do, and we don't want to do them, but we do them anyways. And I'm just saying this, that if you are bound, Jesus is your answer, and he will set you free. Matter of fact, what I found is that when I try to live out of my own power, I, I, instead of removing chains, I add chains to myself because I'm, I'm, I'm deceived. I'm, uh, you know, I think that I can do things that are far beyond my ability and my power to do by myself. I need somebody to save me, and his name is Jesus. Amen. When you come to Jesus, he, he starts taking the chains off. He removes them. Come on, he who the sun sets free is free indeed. Number three, this man was incomplete. Come on, he was on his own. Not only did he wander around, but he wondered, man, what is life really about? Is this really why, you know, he probably contemplated several times just ending it. Is this really what life is all about? And I remember as a young man wondering what life is really about. Didn't have any direction, didn't really have any passions, or, or I did have passions, but they were just not good ones. I had things that I wanted to do, but they weren't good for, you know, for, for, for being a part of society. Come on, they were really frowned upon. And so, so this guy's probably wondering, come on, is this really, I'm living among the dead. You know, the, the, everybody's always looking to chain me up and nobody really likes me. Is this really worth it? The Bible says the pain was so grave that he howled in pain. And I don't, I don't think that it was pain because of sores that were on his skin. I believe it was pain because of a heart pain, a pain of loneliness, a pain of separation, a, a pain of no direction, right? I, I, I know what it's like to howl in pain. I was able to, I was able to help my son-in-law farm the other, the other week, about three weeks ago. And, uh, and we were putting out hand lines. Anybody ever put out hand lines? What a terrible job that is. <laughs> putting out hand lines. And, 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 and you got to put out the hand lines, and then you got to wet the grass. And he was planting beans. And so you got to take the hand lines that you just put out you got to take them off so that you can plant the beans. There's got to be a better way. If we can come up with it, we will make billions of dollars, I promise you. Be praying about a solution to that. But my job was to hammer stakes. I said, I can do this and I won't get fired like the last time I worked for him. Hammer stakes, and then you, 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 you wire the, 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 the cross stakes to the bar that's coming up and so it doesn't tip over. So I was doing that, I was doing that. I was getting really good at it. So good that I, was, I quit paying attention. I was in full force. Just, I was like, man, I'm going to hammer the stake in three, in three swings. And I did it, did it, did it. And I'm like, man, I am really good at this. They should give me a raise. And I missed the stake. And I swung all the way through and knocked my shin with that big old hammer. And I howled in pain, even though it wasn't on the outside. It was on the inside. I was crying on the inside. This guy was howling in pain, and the pain was, was terrible. And I just want you to know that this man's solution, come on, or God had a solution. He had a plan for this man's life. Mark chapter 5 and verse 6 goes on. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him and he ran to him and he bowed low before him. With a shriek, he screamed. You see, that's the demon at work inside of him. The demon didn't want to get close to Jesus. So, so with the scream, the man shrieked. Why are you interfering? The demon starts talking to Jesus. It wasn't the man. The demon starts talking to him. He says, why are you interfering with me, 
Jesus, Son of the Most High God. In the name of God, I, be- I think that's interesting that a demon says, in the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the Spirit, come out of the man, you evil spirit. I think it's interesting that the only thing that this man that had these legions of demons, the only thing that he needed to do was run to Jesus. You see, sometimes we're trying to find solutions and we're trying to, you know, do mathematical problems. And if you do A, B, C, and D, or, or man, do we need to walk around the house seven times and maybe the thing will just fall in? We're doing all these things, but the only thing that needs to happen is for that one person that is bound by whatever it is that they're bound by to go to Jesus. See, you could do everything all day long, but I'm telling you, it's so much simpler when that person will just go to Jesus. At the moment that this person went to Jesus, the power of God began to work in his life. His life was never the same again. In a moment, he was changed. We all know the story. He sends those legion of demons, all those demons into pigs that were nearby, maybe about two or 3,000 pigs. I don't know how many, but they run off a cliff and they kill themselves. All this commotion, all the people in the town, they come running out to see what's happening, and this is what they see. Mark chapter 5 and verse 15. The crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who had been possessed by a legion of demons. They know this man. They've seen this man multiple places. He was, he was sitting there. Luke 8 says, of the same story, Luke 8 says that this man was sitting at the feet of Jesus, so it gives us a little bit more detail. See, listen, in a moment's time, this man was no longer isolated. In a moment's time, he was no longer alone. In the moment's time, he had companionship, and there he sat at the feet of people, Jesus being the main one. So number one, this new day, this new change brought about new access to this man. And I want you to know this, that Jesus has new access for you and I. He gives us access, come on, to intimacy with him. He gives us access to the to the answers to the problems that you've been dealing with. Come on, Jesus desires for us to be close to him. He doesn't want you to walk alone. He doesn't want you to be isolated, but he wants you to be in community. Come on, I think it's interesting. Before this whole COVID-19, if somebody was like, you know, they, they were saying, man, I just need to hear from God. I just haven't heard from God and this and that. You know, as a pastor, and, and maybe you've even given this, this instruction to people. This is what you say. Well, you know, just get away. You need to just slow down and you need to just get some quiet time and, and you need to maybe play some worship music on the on the on the backside and you just need to just really just quiet your spirit and you just need to pray and all of that's fantastic. That's wonderful advice. But can I tell you this? The best thing you can do is find yourself at the feet of Jesus. We said quiet yourself, be still, slow down because we're so stinking busy. But that's not the issue right now. The issue is just finding yourself in close proximity with the Lord. It doesn't have to look like mine looks. It doesn't have to look like somebody else's look. But you need to be a person that is familiar with the presence of the Lord. And you've got to, you've got to, you've got to take that step towards Him. Jesus didn't come running to the man. The man saw Him afar off. And he said, listen, I need what this guy has, right? Come on. Mark chapter 5, 15, a crowd soon gathered around Jesus and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. So these are all the townspeople that locked him up. He was sitting there. The Bible says that when they saw him, he was sitting there fully clothed and sane. 
and they were all afraid. Listen, they were sitting in front of a man that had an experience with the supernatural God, and he was changed in, 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 in a moment's time. You see, Jesus was able to do for this man what this whole community of people could not do in all the years. Hush him up. You know what I mean? Be quiet. How many times does this man, before he was kicked out, was he told just to shut your mouth and shh? Be quiet. Come on, you're acting up. That's it. You're, you're too much of a, you just need to get it. You know, they were kicking you out. You're going to live among the tombs. Oh, you're still a menace. You're still causing problems. We're going to chain you up. We're going to control you. We're going to bind you. And Jesus did it in a moment. He gave him back his sanity and was able to give this person self-control. What they could not do in years, Jesus did in a second. So number two is this, we have a new freedom. Here's a man that's naked and without hope. One moment, God steps in and he changes him. He frees him. He releases him. And I'm just telling you this, that God does the same thing for us. In a moment's time, he sets us free from our sin. But you know what he does? He doesn't stop there. He plants us in the body of Christ and he gives us fellowship Come on, so that we can stay encouraged and that we can encourage one another. Today, we're taking a bunch of people. I don't even know how many people. We're going on a motorcycle ride. To, I don't even know where, but guess what? My wife and I were going. We're like, listen, we're going. It's fellowship. Cool. Riding motorcycles. Great. Fantastic. But what's more important than that? Spending time with the body of Christ. Spending time with other people that like to do some of the things that you like to do. Come on, he gives us a family to help us walk it out. All of our stories include us being isolated in prison and incomplete. We need one another. This is why it's important that you find yourself in the house of the Lord when you're ready. When you find yourself in the house of the Lord, find yourself in connect groups and spending time and having people over to your house for, for barbecues and, and, and cool things like that. And then, oh, by the way, take some time and pray for one another while you're together. Amen? Number three is this. God has a new purpose for your life. You need to know this, that God has a purpose for your life. The Bible says in Mark 5, 18, as Jesus was getting into the boat, I want you to pick up on something that you probably are just going to skip over, so I'm just going to give it to you. Jesus got in the boat to go over to Gentile territory. He got out of the boat, he healed this man, and he got back in the boat. The only reason why he traveled across that whole area was for one person. Come on, there were, there, there were wealthy business people. Come on, there were probably senators, and, and he could have ministered to anybody. He went and set a guy free that was demon-possessed. He cares about the one. So Jesus gets back in the boat to go back over to where he came from. The man who was demon-possessed begged to go with him. I would want to go with him too. But Jesus said, no, go home to your family. He's basically saying, listen, there's a new normal. Like you've been dealing with all this. Now go show them. Go spend time. Enjoy your family. And tell them everything that the Lord has done for you. And how merciful he has been. So the man started off to visit the ten towns of that region. And began to proclaim the great things that Jesus had done for him. How many of you know that Paul was a missionary to the Gentiles, right? Paul, his ministry was to minister to the Gentiles. But let me tell you, before Paul, this was the first missionary to the Gentiles. We hear all about Paul, but this guy, come on, he went to these ten cities and he was...
was preaching and teaching and baptizing people. And, and guess what? He didn't go to 18 years of Bible school. And, and he, he didn't go to seminary. He wasn't an understudy, you know, as a, as a, as a uh, 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 he didn't have mentorship. Yeah, he just, you know, he didn't go through all of those things. He had an experience and he went out and he shared his experience. And guess what? Other people got saved because of it. I'm telling you this, that no matter what it is that you do, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, whether you're a business person, you're a school teacher or a mechanic, you and I have the same purpose. And that is to share of the goodness of God. And the way that we do that is by telling people what it is that the Lord has done in through our life. You don't need to, you know, I just need to sit three more years and then I'll be ready to, you know, I'll be ready to really join the church and, and, and use my, listen, I love education. Education is incredible. Go to Bible school. Do all of these things. But my goodness, don't wait until you're qualified because you're never going to be qualified. He is the one that qualified. He gives you the story and he says, listen, now what I want you to do is I want you to go talk to your people. Who are your people? Maybe some of the guys that you hung out with in the bar. Don't go to the bar and tell them they're, you know what I mean? Wait till they go home and, and they're not feeling well and need some chicken soup or something like that. But, but listen, go to your people and, and begin to share with them. And I think it's also interesting that this guy in this story wasn't given a name. I think he wasn't given a name because you can plug your name into that space and it becomes your story. This man that was plagued with demons. You know, we don't talk about that a lot, but some of our issues that we deal with is we have picked up some things. And, and I'm not getting into a whole theological issue, but I know this. Before Jesus set me free, I had some real issues that were just not my issues, but I had picked up some junk along the way that needed to be brought to the cross of Jesus Christ and, and, and needed, needed for you know, Jesus to set me free from those things. And, and that might make you a little funky, weird, and, and whatnot, but, but like a virus, you may be carrying something that you didn't know. Here's this man. He'd been set free. He went to preach to 10 cities. Like I said, I believe people were being baptized. People were coming to know because he was sharing his story. But could you imagine a little bit of time went by? And, and I'm, I'm making this up. I'm, I'm, this is in my mind. So you just bear with me. This is not gospel. But he's doing all this work. All of a sudden, somebody's banging on his door. You ever had somebody just bang on your door? Like You're like, man, this person really needs to talk to to somebody. So he goes out and he's like, a person, did you hear? Did I hear what? Jesus, who did all that cool stuff for you and that you've been preaching, did you hear? He was bound and put into chains. They nailed him to a cross and he's dead and he's in the tomb right now. At first, probably this guy that had been preaching Jesus and had this incredible deliverance experience probably was just so confused. Like, man, this guy that has the power to stop a storm and has the power to set people free didn't have the power to save his own life. But then all of a sudden, the guy's talking and he's talking more details. Yeah, he was with his disciples and he was, he was taken away away from them and he was isolated and then they took him and he was bound in chains and he was tied to a post and they whipped him and they beat him and then they hung him on a cross and he was all alone and then all of the sudden this man is like listen hearing Jesus' story is just like my own story I was isolated all alone bound in chains 
Nobody wanted to have, I was separated from everybody that loved me or I loved them. And at this moment, I believe that this man come to the realization that not only does God just do good things for us, but he actually takes our place. And that's what you need to know is God just doesn't want to do good things for you. There's a sin issue and a problem that you and I deal with and you cannot pay the note of the sin that you've committed. But Jesus said, listen, it's already paid for. I will put myself in that very same place, those issues that you deal with, I will put myself there for you because I love you. And I'm just telling you this, that we should not be a people that walk towards Jesus kind of cautiously. We need to run to him and be ready, come on, to give him our everything and our best because he loves you that much. And he's not looking at you one day saying, yeah, you were good enough, you added up, but the next one, I hope I don't come back today. You might not make it. He's not volatile like that. He is solid. He is a rock that cannot be moved. I encourage you, give him your heart because everything that he did for this man, I promise you this, he'll do it for you. Amen? Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. I want you to know that the Lord loves you and uh, he desires your everything and he wants to use you. I want to say thank you so much for being here. Please give your heart to Jesus today. Quit running away from him like I did for so many years. Give your heart to him, surrender and say, Lord, my life is not my own. It belongs to you in Jesus' name and he will receive you. God bless you. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. Services are Sundays at 845 and 11 a.m., as well as our Wednesday evening service at 6.30 p.m. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.